Algar Productions. Bromoid Peptol Digestive Calmative presents Sarcastic Voyage Theater. Vintage style radio with a modern comedic sensibility. Featuring the unparalleled talents of the world-renowned Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. And now, the radio adventures of Dottie. Delicious Puff Rice Cereal presents the radio adventures of Dottie. When we last saw our hero, she was seconds away from being engulfed by a giant fireball in the throne room slash engine room of a mighty flying city. And now, today's episode, The Fiery Descent of an Empire. Dottie? Dottie, are you alright? Here I am, Herc. I'm fine. Oh, thank the stars. The Ministry would not be happy to hear that I'd lost another sidekick. Per standard field agent procedure for operating above sea level, I had my jetpack primed and ready in case of my mer- Wait. What do you mean, another sidekick? Thankfully, most of the citizens of Stratotropolis were out committing despicable acts of air piracy. So, while their incredibly inefficient flying fortress careens into the sea- Yes, thank you, the sea. While that happened, there appear to have been no casualties. But what about King Avum? Oh, he was thrown pretty far in the explosion, but he got caught in midair by some kind of birdman. Dale? Caw! I knew those wings weren't useless. Good work, Dale. Caw! So, with all souls accounted for, that wraps up the immediate concern of the explosion, and the larger concern of those air pirates, who will be forced to land someplace sensible and get jobs that don't involve lecturing people on fuel efficiency. Yeah, that was pretty boring. I just stood there nodding my head for ten minutes and didn't get to do anything fun. Of course, now there's the issue of what happens to us. We're safe in the air for the moment, but we're hovering rather precariously over the Pacific and, at the risk of getting into another long, boring lecture about fuel... We don't have enough to fly us to safety, yes sir. But it's gonna be okay. My robot used his jetpack to rocket into low orbit and send a distress signal with his built-in transmitter. Great work, Dottie, except... What? Well, if he's sending the signal from low orbit, that means it's probably going to be received by... Ah, nuts. What? That guy. Ahoy there, fellow members of MUCUS. This is Dak Chapman speaking. I'm the captain of the mighty space-going vessel you see before you. We know who you are, Chapman, and we're not interested. What are you doing? Hello, Captain Chapman. It's me, Dottie. Dottie? Yes, of course. The most valuable psychic in the entire ministry. Good to see you. Now, what can Stag Chapman do for you? Stag Chapman can go suck eggs for all I care. Hark. We're stranded out here over the ocean, and we'd very much appreciate being rescued. Thank you. We? Is that so? No, it is not so. I'd rather hover here till my jetpack conks out and take my chances trying to swim back home. Don't be a chump, Branson. You're over 9,000 miles from the nearest port. You're over 9,000 miles from the nearest port. Oh, good one. Silence! Sorry about that. Dottie, the only sort of people who say silence like that are villains. I can't hear what you're saying. Are you telling her she sounded like a villain just now? Because- Just bring us aboard already. <sighs> Fine. Horses! His rocket has a giant robotic arm. That's keen. Eh, I've seen better. Welcome aboard, Dottie. Also, Branson, I note that you're here. Try not to touch anything you don't understand. Which probably means just about everything. Why don't you say that to my face, you- Stop it! 
both of you. What is going on? Well, we're cruising at an altitude of 5,000 feet. I've just rescued you both using my patented hydraulic- Not that! Ask him to see the patent paperwork, Dottie. He's surely bluffing about that. I mean, what is going on between you two? You're both agents of MUCUS. We're all on the same team, right? Right? Yes. So why are you both acting like this? This he guy thinks he could just put on a leather helmet, which fire up a rocket, and been throw yourself a space hero. One at a time. Captain Chapman, you go first. Well, Duddy, it's like this. When I joined the Ministry, I brought something fresh and exciting to the team. A rocket ship. And the necessary skills to pilot same. Then this joker comes along, and suddenly the bar for being a rocket hero is lowered forever. But more than that, now I can't go anywhere without people thinking I'm Herc Branson. But I'm clearly Stag Chapman. We're absolutely nothing alike. It's the worst. And so is he. On this point, we can agree. Except change out all the references to me being the worst and change them to him being the worst and, uh, you know, swap around everything else so it applies to me. You, you get what I mean. Stag, don't think I don't appreciate being rescued. And Herc, don't think I also don't appreciate everything you've done for me so far. But I'm on an extremely important mission, and I don't have time for grown-ups acting like... What? Acting like what? Daddy, are you alright? Horses! What? what is it? I know what the problem is with you two. I've seen this so many times before. And very recently, too. You don't hate each other. You sure about that? Pretty certain I do. No! You don't hate each other at all, because... You're in love. You, uh... You don't suppose she's onto something, do you, Branson? I, uh... I think she might be. Oh, kiss me, you rugged, square-jawed swashbuckler of the spaceways. No, you kiss me, you suave, two-fisted rocket jockey. <laughs> Horses. I'll just give you two a little privacy. I saw some big windows over on the other side of the rocket. Maybe I can... That's the trouble alert on my Electrodynaphone. That must mean my robot's in trouble. Horses, he's in a fight with another robot. I have to get out there and help. That's not a robot. It's a robot suit. And inside it is the math scientist I'm trying to rescue Mr. Ma Mr. L from. The Robot Smith! Silence! Tune in again for our next exciting installment, The Raging Wrath of the Robot Smith, only on Sarcastic Voyage Theater. Friends, Consider using Bromoid Peptol brand digestive calmative for those times when you're feeling... Uh, that is to say, when you're experiencing... discomfort... in... the... Why not listen to what the scientist has to say? Bromoid Peptol digestive calmative is ideal for treating symptoms of irritable... No, thank you! ...or any form of diet. That'll be quite enough of that. Let's hear a testimonial. My children were... Do you really want me to say it? They were having a little trouble, you know. And Bromoid Peptol brand digestive calmative really helped with... their... with... the problem. Yes, Bromoid Peptol brand digestive calmative. Ask for it by name. 
and there's really no need to include any further details in that conversation. And now, our feature attraction. Hard-talking reporter Mary Madison has broken countless stories using only her rather considerable wits and her even more considerable determination. But her latest story brings in a resource she's never dared to call on before. Teamwork. Factory, which so recently manufactured soldier hats, which is a type of hat that soldiers wear, has been changed to make parking meters. And surely with the approach of the world's famous World's Fair, this city will enjoy a steady flow of pennies from the citizens visiting the World's Fair, which we will be hosting here in this city. We are proud of the brave men who have come back from Europe and the Pacific to become factory workers of this factory. We are proud of our women folk who manned, or womaned, this factory while the men were away. So, in conclusion, thank you, and that is all. Thank you. Governor! Governor Chapman! Uh, um, uh, Miss, um... Uh, th- thank you, Steve. Miss Mary Madison from the King Morning Journal, she's trouble. You bet I'm trouble. I'll deal with you, Steve, is it? I'll deal with you later. Uh, sorry, Steve says I'm not seeing any press today. You can't come in here, it's a restricted area. Restricted is Latin for this way to the story. I think a man in your position would want to comment. But I'm printing the story with or without it. Governor, where did you... Filthy pennies. I guess we can add germ warfare to the list of allegations. You know, Governor, this area is also restricted, unless you're a foreman. Are you a union man, Governor? What? How did you get They say if you find a penny, you have good luck all day. So the way I figure it, I'm good for the next 30 years or so. Now, how about that comment? Actually, I'm uh, already speaking with a reporter from your newspaper. I assume you know Miss Russell? Sorry, I didn't bring enough hard-boiled eggs for both of you. What's buzzing, cousin? Ralph, listen. No, don't take the pencil out of your mouth. Just listen. I know it's a bit outside of the purview of the reference desk to dig up dirt on a fellow employee, but do me a favor, would ya? I want to know everything you know about this Ruth Russell we just hired. I'll check back with you later. Herbert, it's a good thing you're in. I came here to put my two cents in, and when I smashed open that piggy bank, there was an awful lot of shiny nickels on my dresser top. Oh, uh, Mary, come in. I was just talking to- What's buzzing, cousin? Buzz off, little drone. Go dance with a daffodil. You know, you catch more flies with honey. Herbert. Are we a flypaper or a newspaper? Well, uh, last I checked, we're a newspaper. Oh, I checked again on my way in. That's what the big metal letters say on the wall. 
You want an egg? Herbert, I was this close. I had Chapman on the ropes. He was as good as KO'd, and this little cookie rang the bell. Isn't that what you do when the fight's over? Chapman in embezzlement scandal. Evidence links governor directly to illegal slush fund by Ruth Russell. At your service. I've been on this trail for months. I've called in every bloodhound, basset, and beagle to sniff out this fat cat. I'd say it's more of a rat. What difference does that make? Sometimes the best way to sniff out a rat is to use a terrier. I don't follow. Ruth's nickname is Terrier. Ruth Russell, Terrier. Pretty clever, huh? The boys down at the station gave it to me. I shudder to think what you gave them in return. Now, Herbert, we have to get a few things straight. Actually, Mary, we probably- One, when I stake a claim, I consider that claim staked. I don't want to have to look over my shoulder to see if some flippity-gibbet is yanking up the stakes behind me. Is flippity-gibbet with three Bs or four? Two. I expect a little static from those bums over at the other papers, but when the pain in my neck is coming from right behind my back... See, the thing is... You do seem a bit tense now that you mention it. It wouldn't surprise me at all to learn that you're carrying tension in your neck. I could loosen that up for you. Oh, so that's how it is, is it? I guess I had you misfigured in regards to the boys down at the station. Listen, I've known plenty of people in your racket and I'm not impressed. You can keep those paws to yourself. In this line of work... Loose necks sink ships. Mary, I... Our boys didn't make this world a safe place for democracy just so you could go around torturing poor defenseless metaphors. Three, I should... Now hold on a minute. Herbert, in all the years we've worked together, you've never raised your voice to me. Well, I truly am sorry, but there are a few things we need to discuss. You want I should take a powder? No, this applies to you too. Sit down, both of you. I spoke with Mr. King today. Who? King, as in King Morning Journal. Did you think the joint was owned by Mr. Journal? Last I heard, Mr. King was busy building a zoo in which all the animals were the same sex. Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? It's true, Mr. King has maintained a bit of a hands-off attitude toward his media holdings over the past few years. But now that the war's over, there's a certain, uh, expectation that things will be returning to the status quo. Status quo? I don't follow, Herbert. From the Latin, meaning the state of things. Muzzle it, Spaniel. Well, not to put... To find a point on this. Spit it out, Herbert. Mr. King feels that, uh, crime, politics, and the like should be, uh, <laughs> covered by men. I've been exposing werewales, mermares, and unicorn syndicates since before Adolf and his cronies goosed their first steps. Don't tell me this decision has anything to do with the war. Uh, frankly, I don't know what provoked this change. Spending too much time in cages containing only male zebras? But he's made it more than clear that you, both of you, should be concentrating more on... The woman's angle. Not just. Oh, of course. And there's the family angle. And I think that about covers all the angles. Okay with me, Chief. Can I call you Chief? Please, do. Well, it's not okay with me. You know what those angles add up to? Something obtuse, that's what. And I think it's time somebody told Mr. Harold Webster King that there's two things his money can't buy. Happiness and the truth. Well, you could tell him yourself on your next assignment, but I wish you wouldn't. Whose next assignment? Hers or mine? As it turns out, both of you. King's opening a new cinema tonight on Avogadro Way. Oh, just past six? That's right. Ruth, I want you there to cover the fashion angle. Gowns, tuxedos, the works. What are the glitterati wearing? Spare no adjectives. And I suppose I'll be interviewing the potted plants? Mary, listen, I'm not happy about this either, but Mr. King signs the checks. You're to cover the culture angle. Uh, cost of the building, benefits to the community, that sort of thing. If this piece were any puffier, it'd be a lapdog. Come on, lapdog, let's go. Oh, I see there. You're the girl with the journal. First gala, is it? Well, I'll give you a few pointers. For starters, you don't just clomp by a star of my magnitude. Now, be a dear and ask me who I'm wearing. What you're wearing is my patience. 
You're flapping your lips at the wrong reporter. You're looking for an empty-headed eager beaver with a mouthful of hen fruit. You see this slip of paper in my hat? It says press, and until I have it out with the man upstairs, it will continue to say press. And it's lucky for you and your fake fur that I'm not covering gowns of this gala. Sake? Maybe that skunk walked under a house being painted to cover up the stripe, but that doesn't make it any less a skunk. No matter what you see in the cartoons. Harold King, a lot of empty seats in your private box. Shouldn't you have at least two or three waitresses with delusions of acting up here with you? My friends call me Mr. King. You're not making any friends with this new policy of yours. A policy which coincides with the disappearance of a certain masked adventurer. Are your mask and trench coat days really numbered? It coincides with the end of the war. Don't you think all those fine young men deserve a seat at the table? After all they did to make the world safe for democracy. We've never had a problem with elbow room at the table before. Don't worry, Miss Madison. There's still a place for you. Setting the table. They're about to start the feature. Shouldn't you get your notepad out? I wouldn't want the arts and culture page to suffer due to your inattention. I don't need to watch it to know how this goes. The plucky hero is underestimated in the first act, threatened in the second, then manages a daring escape and kisses the girl. Everything is tied up neatly and everybody ends up happy. The only thing worth watching in the picture house is the newsreel, because that's the only thing with a dash of the truth in it. You can hang the rest of it as far as I'm concerned. If you don't like the pictures, there's surely a story in Harold's Corners, my new suburban community. I think there's a ladies' auxiliary there doing good work in floral arrangements. Is that true enough for you? <laughs> Would you at least do me the courtesy of facing the screen to look at the film you're supposed to be covering? This is the scene where Danny Kaye whistles the tune that our forward backers paid $30,000 to seamlessly blend into the picture. I predict it'll be on the hit parade all summer. Did you swap that domino mask for a Swami's turban? If you fancy yourself a prognosticator, I suppose you'll want to read my palm next. King, is this some kind of a stunt? Everyone down there just stood to attention. My eyes are on the screen, Miss Madison, where yours should be. And by breakfast tomorrow, I expect to be reading either a glowing review of this film that specifically sings the praises of the future hit song therein, or your resignation letter. Come in, let me show you something. Oh, I didn't expect to see you here. The projection booth is a bit outside your cultural beat. And I thought the projectionist was outside of your beat. Well, I wasn't exactly rubbing his shoulders. Oh, now you've scared him off. Never mind that. Did you notice that commotion while you were canoodling? Nope. I was halfway to getting my brains canoodled out before someone barged in. To which commotion are you referring? Down there, just now. I haven't seen a crowd of people jump to like that since Hitler took the top bill of the newsreels. Oh, you're learning the arts and culture lingo. It happened right when that fellow whistled. Like this. Steve, is that you? Steve? Can you even hear me? The lights are on, but nobody's home. Why did it happen to him and not you? Wasn't he paying attention? Well, he did say he'd keep one eye on the screen. Where are you going now? To interrupt someone else's fun? Yes, that's exactly what I intend to do. There were uniformed cops at the theater. Couldn't we have just talked to one of them? The boys in blue at that shindig were no better off than the rest of those poor schmoes. What we need is a control group. A fresh batch of bacon that hasn't hit the frying pan yet. Bacon? That reminds me. I need to pick up more eggs. Shouldn't we be heading east if we want the 8th precinct? Well, you'd think that. In most cities, four rights make a square. But in this crazy burg, you have to keep your Pythagoras handy because some dizzy city planner thought that geometry and architecture were one and the same. I thought they fixed that mess when the WPA came through here in the 30s. Yeah, we all thought that. 
But those federal goons turned a junior jumble into an enigma that would give Turing himself nightmares. Well, this is the place. Can I assume you'll be taking the lead? The only kind of dance I'm concerned with is a square dance, as in a square deal. And I'm not dancing. I'm the fella calling the steps. Sure, and if it isn't the fair maid Madison. O'Shaughnessy, I was bracing for Sullivan and his terrible poetry. I guess you gave the poor dope a day off, finally? Aye. Corporal Sullivan's hired a sitter for his thirteen girls and taken Mrs. Sullivan for a night on the town. Actually, it's a night on the town that brings me here. Hold the respect, miss, but I have a hard time picturing you... er... having fun. <laughs> we just laid eyes on about two hundred people under some kind of mass hypnotic trance at Harold King's swanky new cinema uptown. Hold due respect. You said that already. You need a new phrase for I'm about to say something insulting. You have to admit, it sounds a bit... Implausible. Sergeant, this city is packed to the gills with the undead, the undying, and the immortal. Not to mention gills. Surely you read the cover story in the journal about the fishwoman who murdered her husband? Well, I suppose you're having a fair point there. Oh, just a moment. He's really not wrong about the fun thing. Why is it so hard for you to socialize? I've tried that. You know how you start a conversation? How do you do? And the only correct response to how do you do is how do you do? Then you're caught in what the eggheads call a feedback loop. I just think... I don't know. Can't you mix business with pleasure? Business is pleasure. And if you don't think that, maybe you're in the wrong line of work. All right, Miss Madison. I just spoke with the officers providing security at that very theater tonight. They assure me there's been nothing untoward. Now you listen here, you dim-witted flatfoot. Those goons of yours were on board the same crazy train bound for Droolsville that everyone else in that theater was. But uh, you and your friend here weren't. I suppose. She's not my friend. But I could be yours, officer. I'm real friendly. Down, Terrier. We're clearly fishing in too small a pond here. Bye. Oh, is this the spot where we find the G-men? That must make if it... If that were the case, the joint would be empty on account of them not being able to find it. Ma'am. Other ma'am. Never mind the pleasantries. Probationary agent Nelson. All right, down to business then. What can the FBI do for you? You can start an investigation into the funny business at Harold King's new theater. Were the communists? I can't rule it out, but I expect a quick call to my paper could confirm Comrade Stalin's whereabouts at the time in question. Mr. Hoover has been pretty clear that he doesn't want us wasting time or resources on any menace that isn't red. Have you tried contacting local law enforcement? We already got to the end of that rainbow and the pot of gold was empty. I got that reference. No, you didn't. Well, I never worked a sports beat, but I think we've struck out. It's three strikes and you're out. Everything comes in threes. Haven't you ever heard a joke before? It would make my day to hear you tell a joke. Tell me a joke. So, it seems there were these three fellas. Take cover! What the? Don't run into the gunfire! This is no time to cower in the bushes. We've got them now. Well, are you coming with me? I thought you were following my lead. I thought you were never supposed to get into the first taxi. If there's one thing we've learned today, it's don't believe everything you see in the pictures. Follow that car. They're headed to Chinatown. Then so are we. Step on it, driver. I can't believe we lost them. I can't believe how many rickshaws got between us and the other car. Are there any businesses in there that aren't laundries? This all feels a bit culturally insensitive to me. I say we just move on. Where to now, Skipper? We're going to King's office? Enough of this pussyfooting around. You're coming to get the story straight from the horse's mouth. I'll tear out the horse's throat if I have to. Let me talk to Mr. King. Mr. King is preparing for some very important visitors. You're damned right he is. Are you just 
going in there? You stay here. This could get ugly. I thought I made it clear that I was not to be interrupted. Clear is the one thing you haven't been. Boy. I could think of a lot of places I'd rather be right now. Oh, I don't know. The view's pretty good from here. <laughs> Are you with Miss Madison? Well, with is a strong word. We're both reporters. You're nicer than most of the reporters I've met. And you're prettier than most secretaries I've met. <laughs> oh, well, I'm actually a model and an actress and a writer. Really? Oh, sure. Mr. King even uses some of my ideas sometimes. You know that radio show about the lovesick nun? That was my idea. You're practically a household name. So, what's she so angry about? Well, you know how a forest fire can wipe out acres of foliage and it turns out it all started from one careless cigarette? Sure. Well, your boss, our boss, the boss, is that cigarette. Wait. Weren't you one of the gals he sent down to the big premiere? I was. And you know, I never actually got a press packet on the production. Would you happen to have one? If I'm not reading that movie review in the morning edition, you'll be barging in on some other publisher by this time tomorrow. Come on, we're leaving. And after that, I want the two of you covering the Kitchen of Tomorrow exhibit at the World's Fair. Thanks, sweetie. Gotta run. Bye. If you let something like that happen again, I don't care how many smash hit radio shows you come up with, you're through as well. <laughs> Well, that was a big goose egg. Oh, I don't know. King's secretaries seem nice. Is there anyone you won't flirt with? Well, I think flirting with my children would be inappropriate. Children? You know, offspring, progeny. There must be some kind of punch card I can feed into you to help you grasp this human concept. Frankly, I'm amazed you find the time to grasp as many humans as you do. Come on. I'm hungry. Let's get some eggs. Say, is this our... What are you... Wow, people actually use ether-soaked rags. Maybe I should stop believing what I see in the pictures. Oh good, it seems you have waked up. Tying a gal to a chair? You'd think a man as allegedly smart as King would leave more original instructions for his hired goons. I don't understand at least 37% of that sentence. But we have other business to matters. Well, if you're looking for a dialect coach, you might want to find someone who speaks a little more slowly. You'd make a good excellent guinea test for my experiment of science. You'd think someone with a syringe as big as that might be familiar with the Hippocratic Oath. Ow! That won't have hurt a bit. Now this needle juice work on two stages. One stage is a true serum, where all your delicious secrets will burst forth like a brain pinata. Stage B is you do whatever I say. Truth serum? What's next? You gonna try drowning a fish? Fish don't drown. They live in water. Nothing gets by you. And once phrase B is underway, we won't have to worry about nosy twists spoiling our plans. Twists? Please. Nobody's used that word in years. You need to pick up a revised phrase book. Oh, that must be the lunch foods I ordered from the delicatessen. Hello, let me just get my... Oh. Hello, Terrier. If you're finished playing Wonder Woman over there, we've got work to do. Funny you should mention Wonder Woman. Apparently I'm under the influence of some kind of truth serum. Well, that's straining the limits of credibility. 
How'd you find me? That sweet gal in King's office gave me some information about our questionable feature from the other night. The foreign backers that gave King that money to peddle their tune, they're from Tordovia. I'm reluctant to admit this, but I don't know where that is. Neither do I. But they're in town for the World's Fair, and this person is an attaché. But she doesn't look much like a briefcase to me. The World's Fair? Looks like we're going to be able to see the Kitchen of Tomorrow after all. I hear they're working on a machine that does a three-minute egg. You repurpose those ropes for our briefcase, friend. I'll call the research desk and see if they can't pin down where these Tordovians are. And possibly what they are. Get me the King Morning Journal, research desk. Hello, Ralph? Mary, I need you to... Uh-huh. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Hmm. You don't say. Well, I have to say, that puts a cat in with the canaries. Right. No, thank you. I actually have something else for you, though. Find out what you can about the country of Tordovia, and what they have cooking at the World's Fair. What? I guess Europe? But it could be Antarctica for all I know. Thanks, Ralph. That takes care of Spradley. Spradley? Yes, her name's Spradley. Don't you bother learning anyone's name? So, when were you going to mention that you were in the war? I figured I'd get around to it. After I told you about my third grade field trip, the time I had my wisdom teeth taken out and the raccoon that I had as a pet... Is there any other relevant bit of my past you feel entitled to? The way you cozied up to gowns and flower arranging, I never figured you had much of a nose for human suffering. That's where the story was. I snuck out to a hospital ship, started filing stories as a man named Baldwin, and by the time the wire service sussed out that this cub reporter was really a mama bear, it was too late to complain that the porridge was too cold. I thought you chaired the committee against the torture of metaphors. Anyway, after all that, I could stand to see flowers being arranged rather than corpses. I'm actually surprised you didn't go to war. People were being cheated and murdered before there was a Pacific or a European theater. Somebody had to stay behind to punch tickets during the matinee. Which brings us back to the movies. There's a giant screen at the World's Fair, and if I don't miss my guess, the Tordovians might try their little trick again. What about Spradley? Well, we could call the cops if you think that would do any good. You're learning. Would you get a load of that? That building's an egg. I wonder if I can get them to build me an egg house. Have you ever thought about broadening your culinary horizons? Uh-oh, it's King. Wait, are we avoiding him at this point? I never avoid anyone, but I think he might be in the clear after all. So he has nothing to hide, then? Not anymore, apparently. Time was, he spent his nights prancing around in formal wear in a flimsy disguise. Fancied himself a crime fighter. Didn't think anyone knew it was him. Knowing about it and letting him know that I knew about it gave me a lot of latitude. But it seems he's hung it up and decided to become one of those eccentrics. So goodbye, Leverage. Hello, Kitchen of Tomorrow. I always wondered what the difference between crazy and eccentric was. Eccentric has a billion dollars in the bank and a front yard full of mismatched zoo animals. Crazy wishes they could have an egg house. Here's the Tordovian Pavilion. As evidenced by their flag, which has a candy cane on it. And a flamingo. Mustn't forget the flamingo. Now, I'm going to go corner the ambassador and hope I can get him to sing without whistling. You see about throwing a monkey wrench at whoever's showing this movie. Remember, this guy's a diplomat. It wouldn't kill you to try some diplomacy. It just might. Say there, you appear to be an aesthetically pleasing subordinate. 
How about I blink these hairs at the end of my eyelids till you let me through this door? You speak English, don't you? You do. Oh. Then how about we speak English together at a date, which is to say a later time after you open this door? Maybe this charm nonsense is more complicated than I thought. Out of my way! I'm important and I'm on my way somewhere! Wow, that worked. I'm ready to go to the premiere, Jansom. Is there... Oh, hello. I don't believe I've pleased the pleasure. Can the act, Johnny Foreigner. You're coming with me. There's a whole throng of people out there you owe an explanation to for your double-dealing, truth-seruming chicanery. I can assure you I haven't signed off on any chickenry. We'll let the people make that decision. Now march. But it's August. Now, you tell these folks about your evil plot to brainwash them. I don't evil. I good. Keep your mouth silent, Mr. Ambassador. I've got this handle. Bradley. The same. Those ropes were no match for my untying. Damn it, Terrier. You spent all that time at sea and you couldn't pick up how to tie a sturdy knot? I was distracted. You both silence your mouth. This click box in my hand will release a toxic gas that will make you all at our bidding. Bidding? We said that plan was no. Did you that plan anyway? You never had the visions I has. Their plan was great. Is this why the lady is yelling about movies? I put the hypnotize in that movie just like we talked about. All I have to do is whistle. <laughs> well, you know what whistling sounds like. And then the plan is over. J-accuse, Bradley. I said no to the plan and I say it again. Now you go to your room. Okay. What just happened? Sorry, everyone. I guess I do owe you an explain. Tordovia is a very small, very lonely country. We are rich in lobsters and beryllium, but poor in tourists. Even Mr. Hitler didn't invite us to his Reich party when all the other countries got to go. So young Spradley thought, it's a young person might, that we could hypnotize rich Americans into coming to our country and spending their green dollars. They're called green dollars, right? More or less. But the only ideas she had were full of poison and needles. So I said no. And she went ahead with the plan anyway. So it would, apparently. The plan was that when we whistled the Tordovian National Anthem, everyone would march in unison to our great country. They would enjoy our field. And sleep in our hammock. But that plan was kiboshed by my no. So she will stay her room for many times. Well, I guess. I mean... So I guess we can matter the considered closed. Your daughter... Did poison my friend here. We have a saying in Tordovia. If poison doesn't kill you, forget about it. So the movie you're showing here wasn't filled with sinister subliminal suggestions? <laughs> of course not. Just a long sweeping shot of our field. That seems harmless enough. 
You didn't smash that thing with your monkey wrench, did you, Terrier? No, I just turned it off. Well, turn it back on and let's get out of here. I don't know, this theme doesn't look very brilliant to me. Where to now, Skipper? Back to the office. I've got a movie review to write. But you never even saw that movie. I think I can find something to fill those precious column inches. Come on, I'll buy you a dozen eggs. Hot potato! This episode of Sarcastic Voyage Theater featured Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Dave Fields, Brian Lynch, Kara O'Connor, Matt Robotham, Nicole Santora, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, Jason Wallace, and Ron Algar Watt. It was written by Amanda Smith and Ron Algar Watt and was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2018.